Special Agent Charles Hopkin, an Agent on Duty series. Washington, D.C., United States, FBI Headquarters. A top-secret meeting was going on upstairs regarding an incident in the Himalayas. Amidst rising tensions between India and China, it was speculated that China may attack any time. It was then turned to reality when a shot rang out in the air, and then all hell broke loose. Chinese soldiers started to pour out in great numbers, but the Indian soldiers were ready. What everyone thought was going to be a long conflict ended in almost a minute when a mortar shell fell right in the middle of the advancing Chinese troops. The Chinese had called their soldiers into retreat but unknowingly to the Indian soldiers they had activated some sort of directed energy device. The weapon had heated up the water molecules beneath the Indian soldiers' skin causing them to vomit and experience excruciating pain. Present in the meeting were Special Agent Charles Hopkin and head of the FBI Sam Johnson along with analyst Brian Hooper. Sam Johnson sat down in his chair with a grim look on his face and then broke the eerie silence in the room. This new device that the Chinese have is quite remarkable but also threatening. If the Chinese unleash it onto the world it will have grave repercussions. We need to find out how and why the Chinese have built it. Intelligence agencies of India are cooperating with us and the incident at the Galwan Valley has been covered up by the army. The media has not picked up the news yet but we have little time before they do. I want you to fly to India and cooperate with the agencies. Maintain regular contact, is that clear? Yes sir, replied Charles Hopkin. Next morning Charles Hopkin was on his way to Washington Hoover Airport, with a plane ready to fly him to New Delhi. Boarding the plane, he was alerted by a brown envelope on his chair. Picking it up and opening it he saw the contents. Images of the soldiers at Galwan Valley, statements by them. Medical reports. It was all horrific. What can the Chinese be up to now? He wondered to himself. Suddenly an announcement rang through the speakers, alerting him to fasten his seatbelt as they were touching down in Indira Gandhi International Airport. Awaiting him was a ex-police inspector Vijay Sharma who would be helping him on the case. Nice to meet you, said the inspector. Bit humid isn't it he further added. I will get used to it, Hopkin replied. Right, where are we going? To the Obrey the grandest of hotels in New Delhi. Isn't the plan to be inconspicuous, Hopkin replied. What better way than to check in into one of the world's most expensive hotels, Vijay replied. Hopkin gave a slight smile and got into the car. Coming straight to the point Hopkin asked, are there any updates on what kind of weapon the Chinese used? Vijay gave a stare. That's what you are here for. Baffled at the reply, Hopkin changed the topic of the conversation by asking about Vijay's history. I was a police inspector. Hopkin wanted to ask more but something helped him back. He was starting to have doubts about Vijay. The cab reached the front gates of the Obroy. In all its magnificence it was a splendid piece of architecture. Hopkin got out followed by Vijay. Entering the building it was magnificent. Opulent didn't even begin to describe the interior. It was like stepping into a work of art. From the intricate frescoes and crystal chandeliers to the silver antiques and scalloped stone archways, every element of the design contributed to grandeur. Vijay accompanied Hopkin to the intricately carved front desk and waited for him while he checked in. After checking in, Hopkin wasted no time and got into a car with Vijay driving. We are going to go to a secluded area next to RAW headquarters. There we will be greeted by three people, the head of RAW, a research analyst, and one more guest. Who's the guest? Hopkin asked abruptly. You will find out soon enough. Looking outside, Hopkin remembered his brief on India. With more than 18,000 parks, there were green spaces and birds everywhere. At the same time, the air pollution was some of the worst in the world and crime was so bad. Many people would go out only at night if they were in a group. It was also very, very crowded. Even in the middle of the day, the streets and sidewalks of Delhi were packed. It made it almost impossible to tell if you were being followed. 
The secret headquarters what Hopkin presumed was a multi-story concrete office building approximately 15 minutes walk from Ra headquarters. It was part of a complex of buildings that sat, surrounded by trees, at the southwest corner of the Delhi Golf Club. Next door, a mere 100 meters through the woods, stood the stunning Obrai, one of the finest and most luxurious hotels in the city. By contrast, the Blind Relief Association of Delhi was quite plain. Most people passed without even noticing it. Its buildings were nothing special. Neither were its grounds. The true beauty was to be found inside. Hopkin lost count of the number of turns it had taken to reach the meeting place. India was definitely home to the most complicated highways. It was an intricate maze that had to be solved and Vijay had no trouble doing that. Hopkin presumed that Vijay must have lived in this city for quite a long time. Arriving at the Blind Relief Association with a few minutes to spare, Hopkin found a pulse, sheepish-looking man standing at the front desk. The man didn't smile. He didn't greet Hopkin. He merely tilted his head toward a hallway and began walking. Hopkin followed. The walls were lined with photographs of famous celebrities, sports figures, and politicians who had visited over the years. All of them showed the visitors meaningfully engaged with the students or staff. In a photo, there was a shot of a famous cricketer who had been blindfolded and was being taught how to navigate using a support cane. A well-known industrialist could be seen trying his hand at one of the machines in the sewing school. While all three mayors of Delhi, North, South, and East, were shown, together, preparing and serving food in the association's kitchen. At the end of the hall was a locked metal door. The man removed a set of keys from his pocket and opened it. Three flights of stairs led down to the basement level and another corridor. This one was different from the one above. There was no ornamentation. The lights were simple and much dimmer. Everything was gray, the walls, the floor, even the ceiling. The doors were metal, like the one at the top of the stairs, and also gray. The man started walking for what seemed like eternity until at the end a black door stood out from the rest. The man reached back into his pocket for his keys. As he did, Hopkin detected the faint scent of some sort of smoke coming from the other side. Being cautious he took a side step. Opening the door, the man stood back and allowed him to step inside. Inside, there were plenty of desks and desk chairs, none of which matched. Dented, and in some cases rusted, steel bakery shelves had been used to mount aging flat panel monitors around the space. The workstations, printers, and telephones also appeared to be at least ten years out of date. At one of the desks, under a lamp that looked like it had come from a charity shop, was the source of the smoke. Hopkin recognized the man immediately. Rajinder Dutt was considered one of Ra's most brilliant thinkers. His praises had been sung all over the world, and personally Hopkin was a big fan of the way he thinks. The FBI and CIA jointly worked together in 1999 to bring down a group of armed terrorists that were planning three simultaneous attacks in India, America, and Pakistan. Rajinder was the leader of the operation. The operation was so deep secret that not even the president knew about it. Not a single record has been kept on file. It was rumored that Rajinder Dutt managed to solve an intricate puzzle laid out by the terrorists. With 24 hours left until the attacks, Rajinder Dutt and his raw team managed to take out the terrorist group in India within an hour and also alerted the Indian military about the Pakistan hideout within three hours, while America could still not figure out where the terrorists would be. The FBI had him flown him in and he took the lead in the investigation. Within hours of him landing, he had solved the missing piece of the puzzle. The FBI took two teams to the suspected location with Rajinder Dutt told to stand down. But he did the exact opposite. While the FBI team was unprepared and casualties were running high, his team knew exactly how the terrorists would operate. One by one terrorists' rooms fell and the FBI were outside, watching. Sadly Rajinder Dutt got hit in the abdomen during the shootout, 
He was immediately rushed to hospital, and then ever since, no one has heard about him. Some say he died because of his injuries, some say that he was given special protection and a new identity, but Hopkin now knew the truth. He felt pride standing in front of one of the greatest minds in intelligence. Rajesh started, I'd like to introduce you to Special Agent Rajinder Dutt. Hopkins stated, finishing his sentence for the man. I am honored to meet you, sir. I've heard a lot about you. Which, depending on what you've heard, Rajinder said, smiling as he stood and walked over to shake Hopkins' hand, is probably true. Despite his girth and his age, there was a power in how he moved. His hand was large, but as it enveloped hers, he applied just the right amount of firmness. He was measured and confident. His eyes were bright, and in them she could see a bit of the Machiavellian gleam that had allegedly made him so good at his job. My name is Rajesh. The man who had led him down the hallway had introduced himself. Hopkin had completely forgotten he was there. He has become too caught up in the moment. Nice to meet you both, Hopkin replied. Let's sit, Rajesh replied, pointing at a ramshackle wooden table. And I'll fill you in. As promised, on everything, Rajesh pulled out his laptop and hooked it with the projector and started his PowerPoint briefing. The footage I am about to show you comes from an attack at the river in the Galwan Valley. Even recorded in night vision, it is extremely difficult to watch. Hopkin knew how devastating this attack was but right now, seeing it play out on screen, he was at an utter loss for words. The video was five minutes long but his was barbaric. Then the footage fuzzed out and went to black. What happened there? Hopkin asked. We believe the Chinese engaged some sort of microwave weapon to cover their retreat. Why do you think that? The Ladakh scouts, Raj answered, complained of vomiting and being boiled alive from the inside out. Which, if it was microwave energy, probably would have also knocked out the drone. Precisely, replied Rajesh. Is there any other footage? Hopkin asked. No, only the aftermath. Rajesh answered. There is one other development, however, that has strong links with the Gowan Valley and especially the Chinese, Rajesh added. Two hours ago, a military transport helicopter crashed in Kunor. That's terrible. How is this linked? After a slight pause, Rajesh replied, General Vikram. The General Vikram, Hopkin asked. Yes, the Chief of Defense Staff. Why wasn't I told this or why wasn't it in the media? Because the press doesn't know, at least not yet. For the time being, all of the details, including the manifest, are being withheld. Do we have any reason to believe the crash was deliberate? Hopkin asked. We do, Rajinder replied. Do you have any direct proof of sabotage? Not at this moment, Rajesh responded. That's why I want you to investigate. Me. I was sent here to investigate the Gowan Valley incident. As of this moment you are a raw agent, you are not FBI. Before Hopkin could reply, the plane has arrived. Rajesh announced. What plane? Hopkin asked baffled. Your plane, Rajesh stated. The one taking you to Sular Air Base. That's where General Mayra took off from. You'll begin your investigation there. I'm just going to land at an Indian Air Force base and start asking questions. Under what authority? Even if I am now officially a raw agent, he said, making air quotes, this wouldn't fall under your jurisdiction. Raj picked up a light brown envelope with a string-tied closure and handed it to him. Open it. Inside was a cell phone, cash, and two credit cards. There was also a new set of credentials, with Hopkins' service photo, identifying him as a senior investigator in the Defense Security Corps. The DSC was responsible for securing India's military installations against sabotage. Coupled with the credentials was an official set of orders empowering her investigation. Rajesh had seen to almost everything and Hopkin was surprised at the efficiency. Before leaving Rajinder gave a stern warning. If you cock this up, if you get caught, there won't be anything we can do to help you. Ra will disavow any knowledge of your operation so will the FBI. You will be completely on your own. 
Don't worry, Hopkin replied calmly. I work best alone. Thanks for listening to episode 1 of this podcast. We hoped you like it. All names here are fictitious, and any resemblance to royal people living or dead are already coincidental. Episode 2 drops next week. <laughs>